Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today is a former CPA whose own pregnancy and labor experience just a year ago led to a passionate and intentional change of career. She is now a certified birth doula. Sonia Lee, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dr. Berlin. <laughs> Nobody at home could know how hard it was for us to arrange this recording. But <laughs> no. uh, I can only know that this is going to be a very powerful episode because of all the effort we both put into it. So let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? I am from Orange County, California. The OC. The OC. <laughs> <laughs> and how is it growing up there? It is a beautiful place. Super beautiful, but there's not a lot of culture. <laughs> there's not a lot of diversity. It's pretty plain, but it's really beautiful. And there's a lot of very nice people here. Oh, sweet. Oh, does that mean you went back to OC? Because you came to LA for a bit. I did, yeah. So I went to LMU and I graduated there with a business degree. And I stayed in LA for about 10 years. Oh, wow. And yeah, that's where I got pregnant. And then we moved back to Orange County. So the business degree, uh, what was your plan career-wise? Yeah, so... I went to college like right after the big market crash, 0809. And so I, I really thought like I needed to do something practical. I needed to do something where my degree was going to get me a job, basically. So I kind of put aside like all my fantasies of doing like literature and art and all the humanities stuff. And I went into accounting. <laughs> <laughs> which didn't pan out, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why accounting, though? I mean, even with job ability careers, accounting's very specific. Yeah, it is. So um, my cousin did accounting. My family was really rah-rah about it. Huh. And I took my first accounting class, and I actually liked it in school. I was actually decently good at it in school. Like, it's really more of like a puzzle. And so I was able to kind of like I did pretty well in school. It was really um, until I got into the job market that I realized that the work in real life is like a lot different than school, just like anything really. And I just really didn't like it, the hours, the, the culture. I just, it wasn't something I was passionate about. I just really couldn't see myself sitting at a desk all day. 
You don't like puzzles that much. <laughs> I don't like puzzles that much. Exactly. <laughs> but I learned a lot about it. I learned a lot about myself, I think, in that process. I really realized, like, I can't people please my family. I love my family, but I can't do something for other people. And I really learned what it's like to be just beaten down with like, God, I hate my life. I hate what I'm doing. I didn't feel like I was serving anyone or like helping anybody. Really. It was like, I had no connections with the people around me or the companies. And it just felt really, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, even talking about it, I'm like, Ugh, it was just a really not a great time in my life. I just felt not who I was really. And my minor was women's studies. So that was kind of my outlet. It was my way to learn and be creative and be around people I liked. But really like the message I was getting was you can't be a women's studies major. You can't graduate with that and get, you know, like a good paying job afterwards. So they weren't rah-rah about that. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. But I put that in my back pocket and I was like, I really like this. I love learning about history and advocacy and all of that stuff. So I took it seriously. And I was like, I want the minor. I don't know why back then, but I was like, I really just feel like I want this. I want this for myself. And I'm glad I did that. So now it's funny because I do feel like it's relevant in some ways with being a doula. It's really interesting that you say that because I know two people, one who's a corporate lawyer, but she started as a doula and then she became a lawyer. And then I know somebody else who was a lawyer and then became a doula. I think I listened to that episode. Oh, yeah, with Shannon McGuire. I did, yes. And I remember seeing the label, or maybe you showed it to me, and I was like, oh, like I would like this because I relate, because I was in an accounting job at that time. And I feel like lawyers and accountants, it's kind of like... Similar, yeah. So it's advocating, and it's organizing, and it's being there for your clients. So it kind of it seems worlds apart, but actually, in reality, there's a lot of similarities to it, especially lawyer and undula. Okay, fine. So you're in LA for 10 years for school and then work? Yes. And then I worked at two different firms. Yeah, after school. And then you met your hubby. And then I met the man. Yeah. How'd, how'd you guys meet? We actually met on Bumble. I mean, you say actually, but like, I think like one out of five two out of five like 20 plus percent of people are meeting that way now yeah you met pre-pandemic right we did yeah thankfully because like now with the pandemic is even more oh yeah online um bumbles what was your bumble experience like before brandon oh my gosh uh not good it is scarce out there there's not a lot of good guys out there (laughs) yeah luckily i only went on maybe like four dates before him but poor guy he was on it for like a year before we met um yeah and he was just like it was bad but yeah it was pretty bad for me there are some liars out there people lied on their page and they show up and you're like what (laughs) who are you like it was crazy um but yeah luckily like he worked out and it's so funny because he was my fifth date and I told my friends, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. No more online dating. This is not working out for me. And then luckily he was like my last guy and he was the one. So I got really lucky. See, it's like I said, if you put in the effort and it's really challenging, but then it happens, it's a match. It's good. It's rewarding. Yes. Very rewarding. Okay. So Bumble dating is behind you. Yes. Thank God. I'll never be on there again. Yeah. We're done. (laughs) Where's he from originally? He's from Houston, but he went to UT in Austin. It's hard for you to admit that he's from Houston. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't love the place. I'm not going to say I love it. Yeah, but but Austin. (laughs) 
Austin is better. Yeah. Austin's pretty cool. And he was in LA when you met? Yeah. So he had moved out to LA for work. And what does he do? Met. He's an investment banker. He's oh. in banking. Oh, yeah. so you're all, all in the, like the numbers genre. Yeah, we get each other that way. But I'm also <laughs> like, I don't want to be in this world anymore. Peace out. Oh, my God. I don't want to be around the conversations around your household monthly budget <laughs> budgeting. All right. So you guys met and you dated for a while or? We dated for about two years when I got pregnant. And now we've been together almost four years. When you got pregnant, it sounds like it wasn't oh, entirely God. planned. It, it was not. No, we were planning on getting engaged. That was the whole, you know, story. We're like, okay, 2020, we're going to get engaged. And then I actually got knocked up like right when the pandemic started. And I am convinced it was COVID that knocked me up. What because... do you mean? You don't think it was Brandon? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think they colluded. It was both of them. My cycle got thrown off. I'm pretty sure I got COVID. It threw me off. Things got messed up. Oh, I see what you're saying. You were yeah. working off of timing. Yes, I was. Yeah, and I the had timing changed on you. Yeah, yeah. I had found out about you know birth control and what it does to your body long term, and I had been on it for ten years, and oh, wow. I was like, oh my gosh, like learning all this stuff. Just like I need to get off this stuff. This stuff is really bad. Like all these issues. And since getting off, I can honestly say like my health is so much better. And that year, like it took a bit of time, but oh my gosh, so many things changed for me after getting off birth control. But yeah, I mean, just curious, because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering right now, like, what is she talking about? Like what kind of symptoms or things were you experiencing that went away? Yeah. And you know, it's crazy. I think a lot of the symptoms, you don't even know you have them especially if you've taken it for 10 years, like you don't know the things that you don't know until you get off. And things that I noticed that I had experienced were major mood swings, like almost like depression, anxiety, just moodiness, general moodiness, hmm. crankiness, brain fog, stomach issues that I've healed a lot of, but I think a lot of my gut issues were from birth control, just like fatigue, all this stuff that's just like an underlying thing and you get off and, and you're like, whoa, I'm a different person now that I'm not on this stuff. Hmm. Well, that's powerful. Did you get off it before you guys started dating? No, it was after we started dating, which hmm. is not the smartest thing. I, do I don't know. Like I was just that. wondering, <laughs> like, did that freak either one of you out? Um, I mean, we were being careful, but yeah, we both knew. And he, my boyfriend, my husband, he's super into health as well. And we kind of like discovered this together. We're both mm -hmm. kind of on our health journey together. And he was like fully on board. Like, yeah, you need to get off of this. It sounds like this is similar to, you know, taking antibiotics for a long time. And I had an IUD in high school and we were kind of talking about, should I do that? But that was really traumatizing for me. My body did not take well to that. So we kind of just had a few months where we were like, let's try to figure this out. And then unfortunately, and now I realize why people are on birth control for a long time <laughs> is you get pregnant. That's what yeah. happens when you don't oh. have birth control. So oh, that was I'm our very sensitive people. Well, I mean, maybe it's fortunate. I think it is, is meant to be a fully believe that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, now I'm so curious. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I would love to find out how you found out you're pregnant, how you shared the news, what your pregnancy was like. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Sonia Lee.
This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to CPA turned doula, certified doula, CD, Sonia Lee, and it all rhymes. Okay, so, you know, you're dating, you get off the birth control for what I think is great reasons. I mean, I hear so many people talk about those same things that you just mentioned. And it's not like that. I actually sometimes hear that with like anything in the body, like the IUD, or even if it's not medicated or the breast implant sometimes people have like they'll have these yeah. horrible periods and they don't understand why and it just for one reason or another they'll take out the implants and then boom it's gone yeah i've heard of that too yeah so thanks for sharing that okay but then you're like going with the clock you're working on the calendar trying to mm-hmm. avoid the fertile times exactly yeah and then the pandemic hits in like february 2020 and then you are just around each other a lot more yeah good point yeah there's not a lot to do so, uh, i can't leave the house <laughs> so the calendar gets blurry and then uh-huh. okay how did you find out that you were pregnant yeah so i found out you know i was supposed to have my period and i'm very regular after mm-hmm. i got off the pill very easy to track and i remember like looking at my app and seeing the red dot like for instance a wednesday and then you know another day would go by and then that red dot kept getting pushed out and i kept looking me like i swear that red dot was on wednesday like why is it on friday like how does this keep happening and then i was like wait a minute you know all of a sudden you get this like hormone <sighs> shift at least that's how it was for me i was like <gasps> and like i was like my body does feel weird like what's going on so i took a pregnancy test and i was like oh shit. That is fine. But yeah, that's basically how I found out. I was totally oblivious for probably like three or four days. And then I took the test and I was pregnant. Wow. And had you guys, I mean, not being on birth control, there was always a possibility. Had you guys talked about like, all right, if it happens, it happens. Was there any plan? No, I mean, I think we were both just like it wouldn't happen. I think it's because I've personally have friends who have not been on birth control for years and they just do the pull out and then like nothing ever happened. Like I don't really have any friends who that happened to. And I was probably just really honestly quite dumb about it. Like I just didn't even think. I mean, um, I over the years had so many pull out babies come through the office. I yeah. kind of feel like they should have a group on Facebook. 
we should and be like you guys <laughs> yeah no for you for the babies <laughs> for the babies yeah yeah no i mean fortunately he's an amazing guy and he took to it when i told him i was excited about it when i told him which i didn't even think i i don't know it was such a weird thing i had all this joy and i was like yes this is what i'm supposed to do because backtrack a little bit before the pandemic i was really down on my job i was like i can't do this the rest of my life i'm miserable i really can't do this and i literally would pray to god the universe and just be like what is my next move like I can't be an accountant. This is so not me. It's so not in alignment with me. And when this came up, I was just like, oh, like I definitely was starting to look into like event planning and project management and all these other business type things I could do. And then this came up and it kind of felt like, oh, maybe this is what I should be doing. So when I brought him this stick and he was so excited about it, we hadn't had conversations about like what would happen if we had a baby. Like it wasn't even in our minds like I was 27 at the time and yeah like it wasn't really in my timeline at all and he was super excited we were both like oh crap but it <laughs> kind of just like I don't know it just fell into place and it felt right it was like oh and then the pandemic and we were like yeah like why not this is weirdly like good timing I guess <laughs> yeah and were you still in LA at that point uh, yeah we were in Santa Monica at the time yeah oh okay so still like in LA I mean, it was a hard hit city yeah. <laughs> pandemic wise. Yeah, it was lockdown major. Mm-hmm. What made you guys move back to Orange County? We moved to Orange County in October. So I was very pregnant by that point. I was like seven months in. Yeah. And did you just want to be closer to family or out of the city? Yeah, we just realized, I think the later. The more pregnant I got, the more I realized I needed to be closer to my mom and closer to my family. And just being in such a congested city on top of each other. And we lived on Main Street in Santa Monica, so it's nice, but it wasn't family friendly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, crowded. So we just wanted to be closer to family, more of a family friendly area. Yeah. Have a little space. Yeah. It's all about the space. All right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, during your unexpected pregnancy, you weren't a birth junkie yet. So what, (laughs) what were you doing to get ready for birth? What kind of plans did you have? You know, there's all those choices like home birth, hospital birth, midwife, doctor, medicated, unmedicated, cesarean, vaginal, et cetera. Mm -hmm. All the things. Where was your mind? So I'll just start with, so my mom had me and my brother at home and I didn't know this at the time. Like when she would, my whole life just tell us her birth stories. I didn't know that she was really shaping the way I thought about birth and the way it felt in my body, if that makes sense. I really like didn't have any feelings of like fear or even associate the hospital with birth. But naturally growing up, you know, society tells you to be scared in the epidural and you just think going to the hospital and getting the epidural at the same time I had this like weird dual dichotomy thing with like birth where it's like my mom is kind of like this hippie and like did you know home birth and supernatural but everyone I know and like society is like you go to the hospital so really in my mind I was like oh I'm obviously going to go to the hospital and get the epidural like give me all the drugs I'm definitely not doing unmedicated like absolutely no way didn't even cross my mind so when I got pregnant I just did what everyone does I went to go see the OB. And I just had a few instances of like, I just didn't like it. I'm going to be honest. I just didn't like it. I did not connect. Just Um, a vibe or were there like specific things you didn't like? 
there were like two specific things, but also a vibe. The first thing I had some implantation bleeding, maybe like week six. And I called and they were like, you need to go to the hospital right now. You're having a miscarriage. And I was like, what? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? And this was COVID. So I'm like, oh my God, I have to go to the hospital. Like I have to go to ER. My husband couldn't come. Like it was pretty traumatizing. Everything ended up being fine. Um, So that kind of irked me. I was just like, I feel like it just jumped to like, something's wrong immediately. So that kind of just bothered me, put a bad taste in my mouth. And then later, a couple must have been like a few weeks later down the road, we were like, we want to go on a baby moon. We had been traveling, traveling was a huge part of our relationship. And it's just like our favorite thing to do together. And we're like, we don't care that it's COVID. We want to go on a baby moon. This is going to be our last trip, like before we have a baby. And we brought that up to my provider and they were like, basically like you can't go you're putting your baby in danger. If anything happens, your baby's going to die. Like all of this stuff. And I was just like, what the, like, this is so weird. I'm trying to like share this joy and like this exciting news with you. I don't know. And it was such a weird time too. So I get that people were all on edge. It was very like, how could you travel when you're pregnant? Like all this stuff. And it was just like too much. It was like, I can't, like, I just need to block out the world in general. I kind of did that during 2020. Like you know, what's going on is not my problem to solve. I'm just going to live in my bubble of peace and like grow this baby with love and just calmness and already trying to block out the world. And then having your provider, like try to burst that bubble and bring in fear. It just made me think like, what's going to happen like during birth? Like, what are you going to be saying to me? And just like down the road through appointments, I was just like, I don't really like this. So did that make you think maybe another doctor is a better fit or? Yeah, uh, I was kind of like another doctor. And also, so I had like kind of a traumatizing experience with the IUD. I don't really feel comfortable. Like even with pap smears, I just don't like any of that stuff. And then being in the hospital, it just like brought those things up again. And I was just like, oh, I just would like love to do this without anyone touching me. Like, I just don't like that. I'm not comfortable. I immediately tense up. My body freezes. Just being around by coats, I'm just like, oh, not my thing at all. I'm just curious, is that medicine in general or just kind of more obstetricy things uh, or gynecological things or touch overall? Um, I would just say really like hospital-y stuff. Hospitally, medically, stuff. And maybe both. Honestly, it could be both. It depends on the person. It depends on the person and their vibe. I'm very particular with who I allow in that type of way, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm just very particular. I guess. Yeah, there's some people where I'm just like, yeah, I don't really want you in my vibe. I don't really yeah. want you in my space. If you're that's touching fair. me, that's yeah. That's you need to I'm connect doing. to feel. I need to connect. Yeah, well, that's I do. Comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. So So did you switch to another doctor? So this whole process, I'm talking to my mom, obviously, just with everything that's going on. And she's like reminding me of my birth and we're like connecting on this level. And I'm starting to look into birth stuff. And she was like, you know, you could look into like midwifery care. Like, what do you think about this? And then I started looking into it. And then I just like went head first. I was like, this is what I need to do. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, it kind of makes sense because you said from the beginning, you didn't really feel fear of birth. You just, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm not going to say I'm fearless. Like I definitely had moments of doubt. I had a lot of moments of doubt and fear, but I think during the pregnancy during the, yeah, especially at the end, like, of course I was scared. Like, 
having a home birth, it's like, how could you not be? I mean, some people are, and that's amazing. But yeah, for me, I definitely had fear for sure. Okay, let's general, we'll get into that when we talk about your birth story, because uh, yeah. most people have some fear <laughs> wherever you're having the baby. Yeah. So, you know, kind of want to weed out fear of not being in the hospital or fear of being home or fear of birth. So once you switched to the midwives, did you end up going your baby moon? Yeah. So we basically told the midwife, look, we have this baby moon planned. What are your thoughts? And she was like, uh, yes, like go on this baby moon. We were going to Bora Bora. Yeah. Oh, Bora Bora. Yeah. So she's like, you should go. I want to go like anyone would say. Right. So we went. Do you have to fly to Fiji first? No, it was a straight flight from LAX to Bora Bora, straight there. Well, we went to Morea first and then Bora Bora. No ferry? Um, But it was like, yeah, ferry. We did take a ferry, but it was eight hours. Like, that was it. Oh, because we're in Southern California. It's Mm -hmm, longer for everybody else. Okay, so Bora Bora sounds amazing. How was it? It was amazing. We didn't even know this, but we were there during whale season. So we ended up booking a trip to do swimming with humpback whales and I was pregnant. We have these incredible photos of like my belly with the mama whale and the baby whale. Mm. And yeah, it's like only one of like three places in the world where you can do that. Oh my Um, goodness. It was incredible. incredible. It was amazing. And then he proposed to me on the trip. (laughs) That was amazing. Surprise. Yeah. It totally surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind like, of thought, but he threw me off. And then at the end, he did it at the very end. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I on my toes the whole time. Oh. So, yeah, very glad we switched providers and went on our baby. And you didn't have to worry about getting pregnant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so relaxing. Oh, that's an amazing trip. I'm glad you got to take it. Yeah, it was really cool. Okay, so let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get your birth story. back to the informed pregnancy podcast we're talking to sonia lee and sonia was all geared up for a hospital birth with medical doctors and then took a sharp turn into home birth with midwives okay and so let's look at the cast of characters it was going to be you obviously and brandon and then midwife mm-hmm. i assume a midwife assistant or two midwives yes and then a doula and then a doula yeah anybody from your family no, I didn't have my mom. Okay. I didn't, no. It sounds like you regret that, or she regrets that? I don't know. I think I, I'm kind of a mommy's girl, so I was like, no, you shouldn't come, because I might just break. And I don't know. I've seen mothers with their daughters, and it's really beautiful. So maybe next time, I think I could maybe have her. Okay, that's cool. All right, so that's yeah. the cast of people. How did your labor start? Yeah, so my labor started at probably like 1 a.m. in the morning. With I just this, yeah well initially I just had this flood of emotions I got up to go pee and I was just like I can't I was like I can't do this anymore and I just felt this wave of like adrenaline and emotions and I was like that's new <laughs> and then immediately yeah contractions just started hitting they were like 10 minutes apart and my doula was like you know she drilled it in me like you need to sleep you need to sleep everyone the classes everything was like sleep 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 And so I was like trying to sleep, just distracting myself. And by the morning, I was like, okay, I hadn't slept. 
So we were like, let's get things ready, got things ready. We chilled. We were like, I don't even remember what we were doing, playing with the dog, cooking, hanging out. My mom came to walk the dog. And I remember she gave me this look and she was like, you should like call the doula. (laughs) And I was like, I'm okay. Like, I'm fine. And then we, yeah, we started talking to her in the morning and I think we were just really confused. We were like, how long does this take? Like, should she come now? But I would say by 11 a.m., I mean, it was like hitting hard. Brandon put me in the shower. And then from there, it was really just like a haze. When you say hitting hard, like, can you describe what you were feeling? Yeah, just, oh my gosh, it's crazy. It's been a year and my brain has like forgotten what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously pain, like period cramps, but more intense, but I really think like mentally I was in another place. Like you're just not there. And I'm really lucky that I was able to just kind of not black out, but like really go into that primal place where you're just in it and you're just letting your body do it. And you're not really running away from it. You're just allowing it to happen. And I feel like I did that part pretty well. Like I progressed pretty quickly in that sense. So I went in the shower, they put me in the bath and then Brandon was FaceTiming with my doula and I guess I was moaning in the bathtub like a cow. Like I was just Mm -hmm. like in it. Um, Yeah. And Lori was like, okay, send the midwife there right now. Like she needs to be there right now. And then she started coming down to meet us and the midwife got there at, I think she got there like three or four. And I was like, I think I was like seven centimeters. So it's 14 hours into it roughly. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would say it didn't really get hard until like later in the morning. Wait, uh, seven centimeters. Was that kind of what you expected when she checked you or? I had no idea. I wasn't even in a place to be thinking. It was so weird. It was such a weird place. Like I was just holding on to the bathtub for dear life. <laughs> was the warm water comforting to you? Amazing. Yeah, it was the best. I mean, you, I was probably in the water too much. I would say. Oh, are you a bath person in general? I am. Yeah. Okay, I am. So it's a calming place for you. Yeah. Normally. And then were there any things that, you know, it sounds like it was you and Brandon for a while, any things that Brandon were able to say or do that you felt were particularly helpful? Um, again, I like can't even remember, but yeah, I mean, he was just so reassuring for me. Just loving on me like telling me I was amazing you got this he had no fear I mean honestly by the end of it and during the birth my husband had zero fear he was just like yep you're having a baby like even our doula was like you need to like be (laughs) the daddy doula for everyone because you just rocked it like he held me through fully Uh, anytime I had doubts or fears like he just squashed them and was like you're fine you got this Okay. Tune into our next episode when we have a male investment yeah. banker who becomes <laughs> <Yeah>. a doula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so once your labor is going along, it sounds like it was intense but tolerable. Totally, yeah. Okay, and then you're talking about how Brandon had no fear. Did you have fear? You know, I mean, up until this point, I didn't. I don't think I had fear. I had negative thoughts come in at points. Um, like what for so i um just like you know how much more painful could this get like where's my team you know because Mm -hmm. when it hits you then you're like where is everyone but like Mm -hmm. for the longest while i was like i'm fine so then i was like where is everyone am i gonna have this without you know i guess that is fear without anyone there Mm -hmm. but i was able to squash that and i just really was like stay focused like stay open 
like that kind of talk, kind of like coaching myself, I guess. But then transition hits and it's like super intense. And I think the biggest fear that came out verbally, because I don't think I could talk that much until like the pushing in that phase. But up until then, I like really couldn't formalize sentences or words really. Hmm. But I do remember like the biggest fear for me was like, am I taking too long? Am I going to have to be transferred to the hospital? And then I remembered Lori being like, you're fine. Like, no, you're not going to the hospital. Like you're on the right track. So for me, my fear was like timing. I was like, am I going to take too long? That type of stuff. Um, I mean, it's also so conscious. Like it's your mind uh, overanalyzing and thinking all the things that could go not right for you. Exactly. Yeah. So it was like really for me, like when I had that come up, like I just had to be like, nope, not allowed to do that. Like back to focusing, back to breathing. I mean, it's very much like, you know, that back and forth of like trying to get your mind to just relax and like take a back seat and be in your body. And you have like a few contractions where you got that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, one contraction comes and it's more intense than the last. And that's when that, for me, that would like that hurt, like, okay, what's going on? And it brings you kind of out of it. But for me, like trying to get back into the flow and the rhythm of it, that was like Mm -hmm. my best friend during that was the only thing that kept me feeling like I could manage. Yeah. Okay, so was it a long transition before you were complete? Um, I don't think so, but again, I don't know. I pushed for two hours, and he was born at 10, so I must have 10 been... 10 p.m.? Yeah, I must have been done by, like, 8-ish, I guess. So then less than 24 hours total. Uh, yeah, a little bit less, yeah. Okay, and then you pushed for two hours. Did you have coaching you're pushing? Did you just feel ready to push and start pushing on your own? How was your pushing experience? The pushing experience sucked and I did not prepare for that part. I feel like I prepared so much for transition and learning about that in the stages. And then for some reason, I just thought, oh, then you just like push out the baby. Like it just comes out. Totally missed that part about pushing I didn't realize that it was a lot harder than it was going to be for me so yeah I felt a little urgy here and there but not much and I was fully complete and so I did also they broke my water I asked my midwife to break my water because I remember pushing and like he was just rocking down the pelvic bone and I couldn't get him out I was getting so tired Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I need relief. And they were like, okay, if we break your water, like it'll happen a lot faster and help. Cause my water bag hadn't broken at that point. I was pushing and he was fully still in his water bag. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of rough. So, I mean, yeah, I wish he was born and called. That would have been pretty awesome. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know how long I can do this for. <laughs> so, yeah, they did end up like coaching me a little bit. They did end up coaching me towards the end. And then, Luckily, at the very end, I did feel like that. I don't know if it was the fetal ejection reflex or something, but my body fully took over like the last two contractions and just pushed them out for me. Oh, wow. Which was a blessing. That's They do say that with the fetal ejection reflex. It's sort of like the last mile of a marathon. It kind of runs itself. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was just like, thank the Lord. It was kind of like, and I've heard people talk about this on your podcast, like vomiting in reverse. Like, that's what it felt like. It was, I took no effort. My body just did it. And I was like, thank you, because I'm tapped out. Like, I'm done. Were you uh, in water or on land? I was in the water. I was in the birth pool which i'm very happy about yeah amazing and then did you kind of bring the baby out yourself no my husband caught everything Uh, yeah that was really cool yeah do the banker brandon Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) baby catcher brandon yeah (laughs) that's such a sweet story so 
Yeah. Moving forward, like the next time you accidentally get pregnant, would you do the same plan, a similar plan? Oh, yeah, for sure. So for sure, as yeah. intense as it was, it didn't scare you off from. No, I mean, it was the hardest thing in my life. And I remember after I gave birth, I literally said, I was like, why did I do that? I'm never doing that again. <laughs> like, I'm never doing that again. And it's crazy because, I mean, the, my processing of the birth has been this full year. I'm still processing it. And I always just come back to it, But that feeling afterwards of meeting him and like fully being there present and like him being there the first look he gave me the way he was staring at me the hormones you feel like the way you just feel like I just did that like I just freaking gave birth and I was like this isn't happening when it was happening I was like there's no way this baby is coming out like I was just like I don't know how this is gonna work and that's why I was like am I do I need to go to the hospital because there's no way this is coming out and it's just the best feeling it's incredible it's really Uh, the emotions, the hormones, all of the cocktails you get. It's just unlike anything I've ever experienced. And the way that you feel like you can do anything and the confidence it brings you is just beyond what anything has ever done for me. You're saying the natural cocktails that your body made. Totally. Yeah. If we can only bottle those, I feel like. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. So sharks. Okay. (laughs) Um, Now you're a doula. And you support other people giving birth. How is it to be kind of on the other side of that? And is it something that you wanted to change? You weren't feeling fulfilled in accounting. Is this kind of feeling that emptiness that you were feeling? I think so. It is. Yeah. I mean, after I had Grayson, I could not stop watching birth videos. I mean, I was watching from afar. I didn't have a birth account. I wasn't interacting with people, but I just was like obsessed. And my husband was like, why are you still like watching this stuff? I'm like, nothing moves me more than watching someone give Mm -hmm. birth. It's incredible. It's like, how close to God can you get? You know what I mean? It's incredible. And yeah, I I had the thought, like, I really want to do this. And throughout my pregnancy, I, you know, talking with my doula, my postpartum doula, my midwives, I was just like, this is what you do. Like, this seems so fun and so cool. (laughs) It didn't seem like a job. I was like, we're just hanging out chatting. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And finally, my husband was like, you should do something about this. Like, I really think you should. And I just felt like I was like on the edge, right, of a cliff. Because it's like, I have this business background, all these thoughts, like I'm supposed to be in an office or doing this type of thing. And I was just like, screw it. Like, I'm going to try this and just like jumped off like head first. And it's fun. It's like a passion. It doesn't feel like a career or job, you know? Well, that's amazing. Really cool. I mean, it sounds like eventually that you can get both. You can get the job that earns an income and also that fills your passion for supporting people and helping people and women in particular. And uh, yeah, I mean, out of all the births I've ever been to, it never, ever gets old, no matter what the setting or how they come out. Even cesarean birth, it's incredible. It never gets old. I always get weepy. I've talked about it on the podcast before, <laughs> but that was like, hey, Dr. B, come in picture. And I'm like, uh Thank goodness I don't wear mascara because it would be all over my face. (laughs) All right. One more question I have for you is what do you consider your primary role as a doula? I think my primary role is just to support. I think it's like emotional and spiritual support for the woman. Yeah, I agree. You don't have to have an unmedicated birth or even a home birth or any of that for it to be like this magical journey 
you can have a cesarean, you can have a hospital birth, you can do whatever you want. And your doula is there to just really support you emotionally and figuring out how you want to give birth. And I think the intention and having a conscious birth of like, how do you want this to go? It just changes the world, right? Like, I love that saying a conscious birth is a conscious world. The more you put thought into how you're bringing forth life, just the more better experience it's going to be for you and for your baby and just a healthier experience. And so for me as a doula, I'm just there to support you and give you the information, you know, there's the physical part of it. But I really think the emotional part is so, so huge, because this time and this is like a once in a lifetime moment in your life in this pregnancy journey, you're so vulnerable and so raw. And it really is more than just learning about, you know, what to feed your baby and the crib and the this and the that and the nursery. It's like, this can be about you. And it can be this spiritual journey of like, discovering how far you have to dig deep to like, bring your baby into this world. It's really incredible. And yeah, not to get sappy or woo woo, but I really do. That's like how it is for me. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. that we went from Rara to woo woo. but i'll tell you what sappy or not like the passion just is kind of oozes out of you i can see it because i can see but you can hear it in your voice like you could hear the smile when you're talking about it you can hear the fulfillment when you're talking about it and no doubt that makes you an amazing doula for people who are lucky enough to be the receiving end of your services which brings me to this so yeah where can we find you online Yeah, you can find me. um, My website is mamaprimalbirth.com. And you can find me on Instagram at mamaprimal. And you can email me. But those are easier ways to find me. Mamaprimal. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining us and for sharing your story. Beautiful birth story. Um, It's very empowering. And good luck with the new career. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Dylan. My pleasure. I'm going to go check out Mama Prime on Instagram right now. And for our listeners, if you want to check us out, we are also on Instagram at Dr. Berlin, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-I-N. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole lot of questions for you. Kids gonna test my will I got a lot to learn And my babies do <laughs> This episode is sponsored by an innovative product That's made a big difference for parents and babies alike Dr. Mom Butt Bomb As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. 
Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. <laughs> 